There's no good transition here, but I was going back to another nonfiction. (laughs) (laughs) Books Um, bridge all kinds of divides, Holland. Hey, readers, I'm Ann Bogle, and this is What Should I Read Next, episode 107. Welcome to the show that's dedicated to answering the question that plagues every reader. What should I read next? We don't get bossy on the show. What we will do here is give you the information you need to choose your next read. Every week, we'll talk all things books and reading and do a little literary matchmaking with one guest. Readers, we have a very special and much requested episode for you today. My friend Holland Salzman owns The Novel Neighbor in St. Louis, and she's joining me again to talk about our favorite books of the year, supporting our local bookstores, and the bookish gifts we can't wait to give and receive this year. This one is a lot of fun, whether you're shopping for a book lover, making your own wish list, or want to indulge in a whole bunch of readerly enthusiasm. Let's get to it. Holland, welcome to the show. Thanks, Anne. So happy to be back. It's so great to talk to you again. And you have especially been on my mind, not just because you're one of my favorite readers, but you're one of my favorite bookstore owners. And it is the most wonderful time of the year in the independent bookstore, especially if, like me, you're in the position of not having to stock the shelves and stay up late and go in early. And so I'm sure it must be bananas around there, but it's such a wonderful place to hang out as a reader in the holiday season. It is. We have sort of hit that not quite frenzy, um, but it is definitely the uptick of people and getting ideas and making, making the lists and checking them twice. And the UPS gentleman shows up and every day I just walk out to meet him because I can't even stand. I have to know before he even gets in and I just give him a look and he's like, oh my God, this past week, almost every week we had over 20 and I just look at him and he's like, listen, you order these stuff, you know, you're ordering this stuff. Don't look at me. I'm just doing my job. <laughs> but between the stuff, because we definitely increase the stuff, you know, besides the books at the holidays, the really fun, gifty stocking stuffers and, you know, for the hard to find people. So that that is actually people are like, it must be great opening boxes every day. And I'm like, uh-huh. But it is kind of fun. We've got probably six new local artists as well as about five new vendors that we've picked up going into this holiday season. So I think uh, Melissa Poston, who works with me and I, we did a Facebook Live a couple of weeks ago about opening one of the boxes because we were so excited. Did you know what was in it when you opened it? Well, I saw the la- kind of the return label and I, and I, you know, I'm a pretty low emoter and I squealed a little bit because I was just excited to see it in person. And so Melissa came in and we were just so excited as we physically picked up the first thing. And um, she had the wherewithal. I was like, okay, we're geeking out. We really should record this. So it was just fun kind of pulling it out. And then, you know, people were like, save that, get that. And I mean, some of the stuff has, I mean, we're already reordered for a couple of lines. Okay. Now you're just messing with me. What was in the box? Um, so in particular, this one, and we had resisted for so long, this one was Blue Q. I, I don't know what that is. You've seen it, I'm sure. And that's the thing. We really want to be the store where you don't see stuff everywhere else, which is why we have, you know, over 30 local artists. I mean, we really, but sometimes there's just things that you have seen other places that are just so good you want to carry them too. So Blue Q are kind of the really mouthy socks and tea towels and oven mitts that are just like, you know, it's the cute little caricature of little girl that says Hellraiser or adult, (laughs) you know, somebody stroking a horse going, I hate everyone too, or 
sup nerd or <laughs> I mean and there's a lot of but the, the, the tricky part in the way we've resisted a little bit is because there's a lot of cussing on the socks and so you 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 have to sort of weigh that out about people there might be some offensive words you know the f-bomb is the one that probably is where I sort of really straddled the fence but some of those are the funniest ones you know, so then do you cover it or do you have those, you know, um, a former bookstore owner, we were talking about this recently, and she said they had a sock drawer underneath the sock display that they sort of jokingly was the dirty sock drawer and that you could pull that out and that, which I thought was brilliant, <laughs> um, that you could then pull out the ones that are a little bit racier. And then there's, you know, the tea towels that are just, you know, I have a knife, get get out of my kitchen. Um, you know, my, oh, my favorite one is my safe word is takeout. <laughs> So we were opening all these and we're just cracking up like one thing was better than the other. So um, and so we were like, we should do this every week and you know, and actually get organized about some things. And now we're like, open the boxes, price it. Let's get it out. 22 boxes a day. I mean, I know that's not every day, but it's not every day. But you're uh, we're also still pretty heavy into author events right now. Like it's just madcap. So this month we have Oliver Jeffers, who has always, always been one of my favorite picture book authors. And so in one day we had 30 boxes for him. His new picture book is unbelievable. So not only are we getting a gazillion copies of that for the event, but we certainly want it for the holidays as well as I mean, it's great for any new baby. I mean, it's just um, fantastic. So but then you want all of his backlist. And I think he's got 30 titles. And so you're like, okay, out of those, which which titles do we want to carry? Do we, what form do we want to carry them in? And so it's just, you know, yeah, then all of a sudden that's a, that's a gazillion books. <laughs> okay. So our listeners love the behind the scenes peak. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who has fantasized about working in or owning or running or at least visiting an independent bookstore this or any time of year. So we'd love a little behind the scenes. Do people come to visit the novel neighbor this time of year who never set foot in the store between say January 1st and Halloween? I definitely think we have people who might not consider themselves bookish people and they know we have great gifts. So I do see some people around the holidays that I might not see kind of as our regulars through the holidays. And we also just have, um, I feel like this past week has been the, the week of solving mysteries. And it's just, you know, it's, it's funny. You'll get the person who truly just pulled up in front of the store while NPR is still on, but didn't quite catch the name of the book they were talking about and wants to know if I have it immediately, um, which is a little bit easier to find because you can just see what's currently being talked about on NPR. But then somebody else was in and she was like, the author used to date Steve Jobs and she hasn't written in a little while, but she sounded so funny. And so, I mean, I'm spending 20 minutes, which is fine. I actually, we love these type of things to do to kind of delve down the rabbit hole and see if we could figure it out. And it ended up being Jennifer Egan, who had just done her latest Manhattan Beach. So it was just really funny. And so we got it. But it just, the, the, the tidbits of what someone will come and bring to you, especially, I don't know if it is this time of year and they're being thoughtful and they want this really specific thing or this woman yesterday um, had a sympathy card in her hand that someone had sent her and she was trying to find it. And she had gone online and three of the stores in St. Louis that listed carrying these cards have gone out of business or one didn't carry this specific card. 
And she said she thought she'd looked and you had to be a wholesaler to be able to open and things like that. And then we ended up finding this tiny little website that sold the cards individually. So we got her a dozen. And so it's things like that, that people come in to see us when they can't quite figure out how to get something and rely on us to do that. And so when we can, it's amazing. When we can't, I feel awful and it stresses me out. And somebody's like, no, I mean, yesterday a woman was in, and it was about a uh, picture book or a board book. She couldn't remember. She thought it had to do with letters. There might've been one with colors. She thinks there was a giraffe on it and pastel colors. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. And then I texted a couple of other staff people who do really well with our kids' books. And, you know, she, they're sending me suggestions and we just couldn't figure it out with that. And she's like, all right, well, I've gifted it. I'll see if they can take a photo. So I was just, I felt like a complete failure. And she was like, it's fine. I was like, I know, but I love kind of solving those things. So that's, um, that's especially who we'll see. Yes. Why is that so satisfying? I would have lost all three of those things. You just said, like, I did not know that about Jennifer Egan. I know. <laughs> I haven't read Manhattan Beach, even though I can see it on my table from where I sit right now. Something that I've noticed, something that many of us readers know, is that our expectations about what we're going to find in the local bookstore, as opposed to a lot of other places, resemble, I don't know, cheers a lot more than they resemble, like, going to the grocery. What... What is that? I could hypothesize that it's because we're all readers or because bookstores so often are a community gathering place that is really unique compared to a lot of other businesses. I think what I've determined after three years is because nine times out of 10, the person who's coming into the bookstore is not in a rush. Now, we do have some parents who at this point just I have their credit card on file and they'll send me a text like $20 gift card, pull it up in front and we'll run it out to them because they're on the way to the birthday party and they just need it stat. Um, and so, you know, there's certainly the people that are like they know exactly what they want. They uh, they they called ahead. They just are in a rush. But for the most part, people are either coming in because they have a moment to themselves and they just want to come someplace that, you know, they have said makes them happy or, you know, whether they want to talk or whether they want to be left alone, they really just want to come in and be in our space, which makes me extremely, it's what we wanted to do. Some other people need to talk and you will hear everything. You know, we, you know, with, with the climate in the world right now, especially in St. Louis, sometimes people just need to talk. And so I think they, they can find a place where they can, I don't want to say find sympathy, but yeah, it just, it's a little bit of conversation. It's a slower pace. I mean, granted, I might look like a crazy person sometimes as I'm, you know, bustling around and doing 16,000 things, but you can kind of zero in when someone just wants to connect. And, you know, we've tried to get a staff together that, can recognize that and that people want to connect with. And whether it's they're looking for something truly to buy or whether they just want to come in. And we, you know, that's, that's just fine. I can tell sometimes when somebody just wants to, to be there with us and they're not going to buy and they're just here to visit and they're going to head out. And that's all really okay. You know, as opposed to the person who needed help and we all tried to help and we couldn't, then, you know, then that stresses me out as opposed to the person who just wanted to be there. So we just recently added coffee, which people had been asking for for a while. I mean, to do like espresso and a full on coffee type of bar was going to be a gazillion dollars. I think that's the third time I've used gazillion. I need to move on to 
quintillion or something. So we at least found a local coffee distributor called Chauvin Coffee, who is not in Webster Groves and um, was great to work with, kind of giving us some behind the scenes. So we just do have some drip coffee that's fresh, that's decaf and regular, just kind of starting there. I, of course, love my iced coffee, but to do that, there was going to be like a, a what is it called? What is it? It's, it's cold. It was like a cold brew kegerator and it was all, and I was like, oh, I can't have it yet. But one day, but with our new event space where we did your event, we're still trying to figure out what this space is and what's the best use. So certainly we do bigger events, you know, people come in and rent it for showers, but I've had some people recently that want to come in and um, almost treat it like a co-op space, which we really hadn't done yet. And so somebody was like, I just, I need a place that's not Starbucks I um, to meet some people. And could I just pay, you know, but Dar Williams, the musician actually just did this phenomenal book called What I Found in a Thousand Towns. And I read it cover to cover with book darts galore. And then I dropped them on the bus I was on. And then I, they were sticky. So then I ended up folding down in dog earring pages like I never do. So I figured it's mine. She signed it. It's okay. I can do it. But she talks about, um, I thought it was second spaces, but I think she calls it the two rumor. And it's the place where people can go and come together. And there just needs to be a separate space. So if it is that sort of heavy conversation, if it is that place to to be with somebody else that's sort of not there next to the register. And so um, as we, you know, we can't really full-fledged go into something right now, um, heading the holidays, but working towards seriously defining that space heading into the new year of what's the best use but then also, I mean, truly financially, you know, you can't have a 700 square foot space that we've now taken into our rent that can't make money. But yet again, you really want it to be the best use for your community. So just really trying to flesh that out still. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, I would love to hear your other book recommendations for this season for us as readers. And also that might make great holiday gifts for the book lovers in our life that aren't necessarily the hot new fiction release that we might think that they, you know, do they have it? Do they not? Did they get it from the library? Have they already read it? Um, certainly. I, um, you know, it's like picking your favorite kid because there's so many fun things going on. I won't mention again the Dar Williams, what I found in a thousand towns. But seriously, if you've got anybody that's community activist that loves their town, I know that kind of Louisville uh, works with the independent small, not small town alliance. I forget it. My sister sent me the link. Um, you know, Keep Austin Weird. Louisville does their thing, but it's this huge organization about really putting back into your own cities and things like that. Anybody who is a civic minded, she uses her experience of being on the road as a performer for the last 20, 25 years and specifically lists um, all these different towns and what they're doing to be successful during, you know, some downturning times in communities and what does community look like? And um, I just a big fan. I've got a lot of nonfiction. It's very interesting. I also just finished uh, probably a little while ago, but uh, we're doing an event with him this week. AJ Jacobs, uh, his it's, it's all relative. The year of living biblically is just stays on the top of my, favorites list. And, you know, I can always find a fun new high schooler to give the his Mr. Know-it-all book to. But this one delves down the rabbit hole of science and DNA and history and all the things that show how interconnected we are. And he's been doing this for quite a while. He did a, two years ago, he did this huge, he did a global family reunion trying to pull all these people together and 
you know, he's in and out of some celebrity circles so that, you know, he sort of like has pictures with Daniel Radcliffe and Olivia Munn that says we're cousins and all this great thing. But for a science person, a history person, it's really, it's good. Have you read it? No, I haven't. I mean, again, some definite bookmarks and highlights throughout it. And I went and, you know, ordered my DNA right now on the front of it. I think it's like 40% off that you can do that sort of mail-in DNA kit because people are, you know, starting to kind of figure out, you know, there's so much more commonality that's been really good. An evergreen book I love is The Ideal Bookshelf by Jane Mounts. Yes. And I love that she now has a whole line of bookish gifts. Like I got one of her Ideal Bookshelf mugs at the Novel Neighbor the last time I was there. I got the cookbook one. And every time I Instagram it, I have a lot of questions to field about where such a mug can be obtained. Well, you, by by my fellow readers, um, you sir, it's they're just beautifully done. Like I, I love her the book about it, but I also believe on her website through Ideal Bookshelf that you can have her do a print for you of your favorite titles in those beautiful bright colors that she does so it's less than a hundred dollars that you could do a custom print and if you've not i mean her it's just beautiful i mean they're just she just has such a great eye and so i yeah that is on my wish list but you can't drink your coffee out of a custom print nor can you put it on your coffee table like you can the ideal bookshelf book <laughs> well and, and and really how am i going to narrow down to my favorite i know that's the thing that is the thing. And then what if it changes? Then what? Then you get another. Well, that's, I, I thought maybe I'll narrow it down to like, what are my favorite either kids books or what are my favorite adult, you know, just to at least I'd, I'd find a way to a little bit narrow it down. We'll see. I also like giving cookbooks is big, substantial. I have one on my list. What is it? Um, so last year I talked about it at some point. It was called Simple from Jean Francois Mallet. <laughs> Not really good. Very nice. Very nice. And he came out with one this year called Simple Healthy. And so the the whole the whole you know the thing about it's a huge. It seems a huge cookbook, but actually it's really low. You know, compared to cookbooks, it's it's got a better price point. It's usually like twenty twenty five dollars, even though it's amount. It has a picture on every page, but the best part is every recipe has no more than four steps or six ingredients. Nice. That sounds great to me. Yes, that's my that's my favorite in the world. What is what is your cookbook gift? Ooh, okay. Or just in general. Well, I have two, depending on who I'm giving to. So I love I love Smitten Kitchen and Deb Perlman. I think she's funny and smart and funny. I love a cookbook with great essays introducing oh, okay. the recipes. So I love hers and I love her new Smitten Kitchen every day. It's beautiful. The recipes are good, but they are very heavy on the pancakes and waffles and sugar syrups. And so while I really love reading those, I don't always love making those recipes. And not just because I'm like, oh, carbs, but I have low blood sugar. Like it just doesn't do great things for how I feel. And so for those who do maybe avoid the cinnamon roll end of the spectrum. I love <laughs> Mel Jewel Wan's series of actually great tasting paleo food. And I say actually because her first one, Well Fed, came out in like 2011 when like awesome paleo recipes were not easy to come by. Now the options are a lot greater. But I love in the simple to make easy to prepare line. I love her latest one, Well-Fed Weeknights, because it's good, healthy food. And it gets like, this is the one I like to pop open to get us out of our dinner rut when I feel like, okay, we can't have chicken breasts <laughs> and sauteed spinach and then rice for the kids again. Like there will be rebellion. So I need to open a book like this to remind me like, oh, there are lots 
of foods that will make me not feel like crap here on the pages. I just forgot what they were. Oh, that sounds delicious. So right after Christmas comes January 1st, where, you know, not everybody, but a good number of people are like, okay, the holidays are over. The new year is here. Let's maybe lay off the cinnamon rolls for a while. That that could be good timing to give a book like Well-Fed Weeknights without being, I mean, you have to be careful who you give it to because you want it to be like, oh, this is the gift I never knew I was looking for and not like, oh, I see what you think about me and my <laughs> my nutritional practices. And actually... I think there are a fair number of readers and cookers, <laughs> chefs, home chefs, home cooks. I do think there are a fair number of readers and home cooks who would enjoy both books, just not cook from them maybe at the same time. Excellent. I'm taking notes. It sounds really good. Another uh, for your Eric Larson people, the new, uh, the great Halifax explosion that just came out. It is. I don't know this book. Oh, my goodness. But if you've liked any of the uh, Eric Larson, this one is, it's just, I, I, and it sort of reminded me of when I read Ruta Septis's The um, Salt in the Sea. I did not know much at all about the content of, you know, the tragedy that happened there. And, and so the, this one kind of snuck up on me. I got to meet the author at um, the Fall Forum conference that I was at and just took it home and finished it in two days. So anybody who loves kind of that... Uh, the history that reads like fiction. Um, it is phenomenal. Holland, what are your some of your favorite non-bookish fun things and gifts for the season? So, as I mentioned, when I went to the great, uh, not the great, is it Great American Writers Museum? Anyway. Oh, it's a great museum. It's a great museum. But when I was there, so this was like, I can write off this whole trip. I'm going to, get to see Dar Williams, who wrote a book. I'm going to go in here. So I completely, I love any, and you've seen these before, is just that old books that are repurposed for journals, you know. And so even carried in the store, um, and I think I talked about last year, some jewelry that's made out of book covers. But in particular, the company's called Attic Journals. And so they have those. But what I loved was they had this letter garland, if you will. And they tell you like how the books, you know, because they're falling apart, how they use all the pieces, like on most of the things that you buy. But like they have like just these letters connected together, kind of like you do a happy birthday thing, which I think they might even have happy birthday. But like one of them says, readers are leaders. Um, one of them says like open books, open minds. And these letters of all these different colorful book uh, old hardcover books that have been falling apart are strung together. And I just, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm buying that for our kids nook in the store. And, you know, they even had one that was congratulations. You know, we have people who have um, bookish baby showers. Um, so they're just, it was just, I, I don't know. I, it was beautiful. And I just thought they were really fun. And so I, while checking out, while my friend was checking out at the museum, I got on their website, filled out the wholesale application. And by the time we were back at the hotel, we were connected so that we could order some and get some in for the holidays. Okay. Can I see this on the Novel Neighbor Instagram or on Facebook? Because I would really like to take a look at these. Okay. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. If I can find it. So we had two events last night and I sort of didn't realize it till the last minute and I wasn't paying attention. We shoved everything out of one of the rooms that I was working on, like literally in a back room. I have no idea when I go in today where anything is, but I will, I will, I will definitely Instagram what these garlands look like. So that's a huge favorite thing. And then we got, we got these Emily McDowell, you know, people come in looking for her sympathy cards and she's just such such a great line, but she started something called bravery pins last year. And people are really, we 
huge amount of enamel pens in this year, which I didn't think was a thing, but oh my God, is it a thing? We've got probably 80 in right now of just different themes for books or funny sayings and things like that. But the uh, her bravery pins, you know, it's something of just like, one of them says kept going. One of them says kicked cancer's ass. One of them, you know, she's just got this great thing. But the one that I bought for myself that I wear on my name tag that says stopped reading the comments. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> and I and I just want to gift that to everyone. I think if we can just stop reading the comments, it's just and I, I mean, it's just yeah. And that's sort of almost my da- daily mantra of just don't go down. I mean, I do think that modern Mrs. Darcy readers and what should I read next listeners are the nicest human beings beings on the planet. Hands down. And I I do read all our blog comments. And I think in my entire seven years or something, I've deleted like a dozen because they've been nasty. And usually not to me, usually to somebody else. So that's a really fantastic track record. But we all know what that means. You know what that means. Yeah, our comments on the novel neighbor are very good or helpful. Or they're looking for books and things like that. But you I mean, when someone reads it, you know, so that she's got a whole line of about 20 of those. And, I, you know, I just they're all they different ones speak to different people. And it's just I think, you know, it's a woman came in and bought six. I'm not going to remember off the top of my head which ones they were, but she bought the whole set to give to women. Um, or Sorry, just give to some employees in her office and things like that. So that's been kind of fun. You know what some of our things that we've started carrying this year have come off of Kickstarter and Indiegogo. You know, when I was, when I was making my list and checking it quite, twice to talk with you, a couple of my favorite things I realized that. And so, you know, whether I supported it as a personal person and then ended up loving it and then they, you know, gave wholesale options or some of these are coming out early that give wholesale um, options. So have you seen this new Nimuno loops? That's like Lego tape. I, I don't I don't even know what that means, but I want to. I know. Oh, my God. So it is like imagine pulling out a roll of scotch tape and it's sticky on the one side. But on the other side, it's like the Lego nubs. So like you can put a piece of tape, you know, up a wall and then put your Legos on it. You could put a strip of it across your book and put Legos on it. And then it's got the like the receiving end of it, too, that if you wanted to, like, put the receiving end on, you know, the bottom of a bunk and then, you know, kind of click them and build down, you could do that. Okay, don't tell my kids we had this conversation. Not. I but thank you have- very much. No, I actually have it almost hidden in the store because I don't want kids. I mean, I, you know, I, I need a room that's stocking stuffers that kids don't go in. <laughs> that is such a good idea. Because parents are like, I love that. But now my kid has seen it. And it, it's just, you know, so it's very like I need to do this. And then we had done uh, a woman who used to be our artist in residence, Ellen, had done these persistent sister trading cards, sort of taken it from the, you know, baseball trading cards from years ago and has made this line of women's history trading cards that are gorgeous. She's an artist. She's got a manufactured. I think the I think her the Kickstarter was funded and ended yesterday or maybe Wednesday. And so we're getting those in. And I think there's maybe 10 to a pack and it's just got a, you know, a beautiful kind of uh, picture of a woman on the front and with the history of her on the back and, you know, so that you can kind of trade them and things like that that are really good. And then socks are still huge um, this year, you know, besides the blue cue that we talked about earlier, um, out of print does a great line of socks. And we just got their latest ones are this really fun ones that say books turn muggles into wizards. <laughs> so you know that for all your Harry Potter fans, and then they've got some red and green kind of mismatched library card looking ones. So for the, the person who likes the fun socks, those are kind of a fun 
a couple that we came up with this year. We have a lot of sock lovers in my house. So thanks for that. I mean, not like we're looking just for me right now, but you sure are helping. <laughs> no, so thank you. That's, that's what I'm here for, Anne. I also love their whole line of library themed goodies. Like they have the mug that looks like, I don't know. I don't even know what to call it anymore. The library. Because a library card is what you go to the library with and zap under the scanner now and access your account. But what do you call those things that went in the back little pocket? Is that also a library That's card? That's what we've always called them. But yeah, we've you know, the totes and they've got the mugs and the socks and all the things. I love it. And I mean, I think it still speaks to an entire group of us who would call them library cards still. And I don't know if out of print makes these, but when I was just at Malaprops, I picked up a stack of library card. Just There's just no cards. There's just a stack of paper that you could use to write your grocery list or, you know, include them in orders if you have a shop or just jot a quick note to a friend before you drop something in the mail. I love those. Like they're just the right amount of nerdy and fun and practical. Chronicle makes, it's like a little box that looks like the brown wooden library card catalog. And then you, and then you pull the drawer open like you would. And it has tiny note cards that look like the card catalog cards. And then they have little envelopes you can mail. So we've kept that in almost since we opened. What? How have I not seen that in the store? Because I need that in my life. All right. I will Instagram and tag you on that as well, because that one is adorable. I mean, the cards are tiny. They're like three by five. I mean, you can still mail them and that's what it's for. But I just, they're, they're, they're beautiful. I love them. Well, I'm always a sucker for note cards, journals, blank books, that kind of thing. I love those. A couple of years ago, I got my first book weight and I really, really love it. This is a pretty piece of sculpture brass. It looks like a zigzag. I think it's technically a trivet, but it was sold as, and I use it as a book weight. And so if I'm, if I'm typing something and want to see the quote open on the page, I use it to hold my, my book that doesn't want to stay open, open. Or if I'm reading and I'm maybe trying to read while I'm doing something with my hands, like making tea or coffee, I can just prop my book open with my book weight and it stays open and I don't have to touch it with my dirty hands. I mean, I can only read two pages worth before I have to turn the page, but it's really pretty and practical and a thing that a lot of readers don't have, but would be happy to have in their lives. I think it sounds great. I didn't know I didn't know I needed one of those, but it sounds like I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll show you a picture and then you'll see how much you need one. And then also I am really loving the preponderance of great bookish subscriptions offered by The Novel Neighbor. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Uh, Because this wasn't a thing five years ago, but offered by The Novel Neighbor and so many other independent bookstores are getting in on the game. So if you love your local bookseller and always go to them for book recommendations, now they've given you a way to subscribe to get those handpicked books delivered to you on a regular basis. Or like The Novel Neighbor does, you choose books that you think would be perfect for certain readers based on what they say their taste is. And then it comes to you every month. I just think that's such an amazing, thoughtful gift. It is really, I thought when we did it, uh, I think we started it last Christmas, I thought like grandparents would be doing, you know, the picture books like for kids so that they'd receive a new book. You know, you can do it once a month, every other month or for three months in a row. Or we thought, you know, for that hard to buy tween who's, you know, reading YA that we do. But it's been adults all, I mean, overwhelmingly 80% of ours. And I'd say over 80% of our people are not, sorry, 80% are adults and half that group are gifting to themselves. So that's been really fun. It's just like, cause we, like when you fill it out online or you can call the store or whatever, and it's just like, you know, who is this for me? <laughs> 
you can send it to me, but it's tricky. So it, it, it is good. I, I probably spend way more time on it than I not that I not that I should, but I mean, we're up to probably about 30 and that's just and I think we'll increase a lot for this holiday and things like that. But it's, you know, there's some people like surprise me and that's kind of fun. And then sometimes you will get like two pages of an email of what they like and what they don't like. And they'll let you know if they don't like what you sent and um, which is all fine. Um, so there's both ends of the spectrum. But yeah, I agree. And um, we did some subscriptions for, you know, not necessarily bookish ones, but for people on our list last year. And you just did a great list kind of for the for the men in your life. I think subscriptions are a great way now. Um, that's not just something sitting on a shelf. Yes, like really something that can be practical. And that I mean, truly keeps on giving all year that makes you think of the giver, even if that giver was you. Holland, what are some of your favorite recent reads? Oh, man, I wish I had more time to read. Everybody's like, you must read all the time. I was like, I did before I opened a bookstore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I don't know if it was, I mean, it just, it was funny. Like I finished this one book and I really liked it. It's called The World of Tomorrow. And, um, and it was one of, I thought, you know how we joke with your book that came out this year with the reading people. Um, it talks about, I mean, I think you have a funny thing about you taking all these, you know, online quizzes, you know, then, you know, then you get into all these great, which is also a great gift for the year, reading people by Ann Bogle. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really, uh, I took a, I took a quiz online about what you should read next and not through you, it was just something. And they were like, this is based on your answers. This is what you should read next. And so I actually picked it up. It's by Jason Sheehan. And it, it's this great setup of like you get like four or five different people's backstories. Somebody's on this ship coming to America. Somebody's already living in Brooklyn. Somebody, you know, and you you don't know how they're all going to come together, but they do. And so it's not a small book. It's pretty uh, lengthy. But it's it was one that I sort of got to dive into all interconnected. I love anything that takes place in New York. Um And it was just something that I, you know, you and I have talked about a little bit before. It's just I haven't had a ton of fiction reads that throughout the year that I've loved, loved, loved. And this is kind of a first one that was like, that was satisfying. I enjoyed that. I, you know, anybody who likes just big literary kind of interwoven stories, uh, I really, it was, it was a good one. I just finished the true the story of Arthur True Love. Yes. I've been wondering about this one, the new one by Elizabeth Burke. Yeah. She's, um, she's, we've got an event with her this week. And, um, so I wanted to slip that in under the wire, not just because of the event, because I love so many, I didn't realize when we were ordering books for her event, I didn't realize how many books she'd written. I mean, she's another one that there's like 30 books. I'm like, Oh my God, what do I take to the event? It was great for your people who love Man Called Uve, um, your people who did the A.J. Fickery. It's sort of along those lines, not in a cliche way. It's just that great story of this older man who connects with this um, teenage girl. And it's it was it was a treat to read. Not huge, um, easy, quick. Um, but for those people in your life, that was a really I'm making it sound like these are all gifts, but they just are fun ones that I've read recently. This other one, and I giggled when I saw it, and I will totally admit, it's called The Dirty Book Club by Lisa Harrison, and it was a free download on an audiobook. We work with Libro FM, and so I'm allowed to download a couple freebies as a bookstore owner. And so I was going on a road trip and I was like, okay, I'm just going to read this because I'm going to be in the car by myself. Like, I'm going to do it. And it actually ends up being really fun. And it's, uh, you know, it's the story of these women who were together maybe in the 60s, maybe even in the 50s, who come together and get this book club just to kind of get out of their house, empowerment. Um, You know, there's some dirty bits, not dirty, just racy. I mean, 
feeling racy is a much better word. And they're now there are these older women and you see how they're connected and they're trying to sort of pass off this tradition to this four group of women who are not connected at all and who are all in kind of this crisis point in their lives. And it, it was actually a treat. I mean, I liked it. It was, I more just was like, I got to know what this is about and just, you know, see if it's all, uh, you know, 50 shades and if it's trying to, you know, I didn't know what it was going to be about. And it was actually this great female relationships and they bond and they're strangers and things like that, that that was a lot of fun. Well, that's good to hear. I've had this on my shelf for months because the publisher sent it to me, the Dirty Book Club, but I haven't opened it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah. I just, you, and I get why the title is the title and things like that. But yeah. And then um, the last one is the, um, (laughs) that I just finished is Those Meddling Kids. Have you heard about this one? It came out maybe end of summer and so you know what does the title remind you of it doesn't remind me of anything what am i missing scooby-doo i even watched that as a kid okay it's been a really long time apparently all right fine so but edgar cantero it had this funny like almost neon cover of these four people standing there and just so whenever i've heard the word meddling kids because it's the end of any scooby-doo episode on a saturday morning was and i would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those meddling kids and I just sort of ignored it and thought somebody's trying to be funny. And it, it sort of like goes into fantasy and horror. Like that's the shelf it said it was supposed to go on. But everybody kept telling me I had to read it. And so I finally did. And it was, I mean, it is like these four kids who were at this camp together in summer and they would solve these mysteries. And there's so much throwback to the Scooby-Doo stuff. But yet they're adults now and somebody is in a mental institution of the four. Somebody is spiraling, has just gotten out of the army. Somebody has killed themselves. I mean, it's like there's this horrific thing that apparently they dealt with at the last quote unquote mystery they solved at the camp and that never was dealt with. And so one of the four is like, we have to go back and deal with this. And so there's this really Stephen Kingy, murky, sinister thing along with all these crazy pop culture references. It was, it was, I can't even, yeah, I I don't know who I would get, but I was a, it was, it was a treat for me to read. Like I just, I had so much fun reading it. That sounds fascinating. And I have not heard of it. Yeah. It's just, these are, these are sort of all my, um, my off the cuff ones. And then, um, okay, you go, you go. And then I have like maybe a kid's one and then I'll, (laughs) then I'll stop. I really, really loved This Must Be the Place by Maggie O'Farrell. Sweet. Do you know this one? Oh. Okay. It's our Modern Mrs. Darcy book club pick for this February 2018. So I'm going to be talking about it a lot and I'm so excited about it. It's a story about a marriage between um, an American professor, divorced, trying to find his groove, and a British film star who was so over living the celebrity life in a rather oppressive artistic marriage that she faked her own death and disappeared and then recreated a life for herself in rural Ireland. So when the professor is in Ireland, he stumbles upon her when she's having car trouble and she looks kind of familiar and he's not sure why, but he's nice and whatever. And she's like, don't tell anybody where I am. And he's like, I I, I wouldn't, what are you talking about? But anyhow, so they fall in love and get married. And then Many years later, he finds out something that happened to someone he used to know that happened many, many years ago, but he didn't know until this moment in time when he hears it on the radio. And this piece from his past quickly becomes the wedge that dissolves his marriage. And throughout the whole book, you're looking at this marriage, their children, the family around them, and how they are striving to come to grips with terrible, but 
relatable things that have happened to them. And you see the ripple effects of people's decisions and of chance events, and you watch them try to work through it and see how much can you reassemble a life after tragedy. And it's so well done. It's told in a really interesting way. You get lots of different narrators. It's told from not lots of different perspectives. Like you have first person and third person. You have a couple written interviews. There might be an email or two. Like it is that kind of book that's told in different formats. But you see one of the characters in 1970. And then one of the characters in 2016. And then one of the characters in 1992. And it's really that could go very badly wrong, but she really pulls it off. It comes together really well. It has an extremely satisfying ending that I feel like does the story justice without being trite or sappy or totally depressing because all are options in a big family saga like this. And I loved it so much. I can't stop thinking about it. I can't wait to read it again. Always a good sign. I cannot wait. I was going to say there was one thing that sounded familiar. I was like, oh, because it's on your bookshelf for the winter <laughs> book club. <laughs> but now I'm going to go read it. That would do it. Um, I just reread an old one that, I mean, it's not super old, but I've read it before. It's Rules of Civility by Amers Holes. I loved, loved, loved that book. It totally stood up to a rereading. And I also really like, especially for book lovers, Dear Fahrenheit 451 by Annie Spence. I was sitting with her, I think, I forget if I told you this or if I told her, like... I feel like we had this conversation. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was with her at this conference for breakfast, and your list had just come out of your favorite nonfictions for the fall. And I was like, you're on Modern Mrs. Darcy this morning. She's like, I know. And she was so excited. So. She is actually going to be on the podcast we've already recorded. So I don't want to talk about it too much. But I do think for the book lover in your life, the the one who would look in the dirty sock drawer, <laughs> this is the book for them because it is a little bit readerly racy in parts. And there are definitely a few F-bombs. But I thought it was a lot of fun and something that a lot of book lovers will really enjoy. And also it's gorgeous, which always helps. Yes. And it's like perfect. I mean, truly could fit into a stocking like it is that great size oh yeah it totally is because it's small it's like seven by five hardcover really gorgeous jacket yeah those are the ones that i am thinking about giving this season um there was a kid one that just gone on my radar screen yesterday i mean there's some great fiction out and there's some chapter books and you know as always um, people can come check in with us but um chris harris who used to write for How I Met Your Mother, um, has just put out a book called I'm Just No Good at Rhyming. We had him yesterday and took him to a couple of schools, which was so much fun. And it's just this, I mean, it could be for younger kids to be read aloud. It could be for, you know, even your second or third graders. I mean, or even up, but it's just um, the subtitle is and, uh, and Other Nonsense for Mischievous Kids and Immature Grownups. <laughs> just so smart in the way, you know, kind of like the uh, book with no pictures that you know bj novak did so there's just this level of smartness and that you know somebody was calling him the 21st century shell silverstein but it's just hilarious uh, illustrations and you know there's just different ways it's not just a book of poetry and he the way that he you know he he misnumbers pages and you're trying to figure that out and then um there's somebody who's a rhyming fact checker in there and you know that, that tells him that it's not okay i mean it is you know i it is it is a treat to read and it's i mean it's just a fun. You know, some kids are like a book, but I really think this one, you read two things out of it to a kid and they're going to be giggling. That sounds like a lot of fun. Okay. Holland, final parting tip, words of wisdom, fun factoid for bookstoring the verb this season. What you got? 
I would say for yourself in the midst of all the crazy and all the gift buying and all the stuff, go to your favorite bookseller and tell them to surprise you with something new. Like don't like just just open yourself up to a new genre or a nonfiction if you don't do it or whatever um, you want it to do. But whatever you do, make sure you, I mean, if you do a ton of online buying, which I do as well occasionally, if you shift 20% of it to some independent stores that might take you a little longer to get to and, you know, things like that, go in and see these independent, not just bookstore owners, any independent businesses could really use you this holiday season. And if it is a bookstore, um, you know, let them, let them surprise you with, you know, a possible new favorite that you didn't know you wanted. Yes, exactly. Okay, so my tip is very prosaic, but also really useful. For those people that are hard to buy for in my life, I have had such success in the past walking into my local shops, especially my local bookstores, because in your local store, you're going to have a local section. And so when you're not sure what to get your dad or your father-in-law or your boss or your coworker, They have books about, they have books in your local independent bookstore if you're lucky enough to have one. And are most people lucky enough to have one, Holland? What are the stats on that? You know what? Just when I think everybody has to have one, I I see like online that, you know, some of the uh, email listservs that I'm on, things like that, that new ones are opening in areas that never had one or that it had closed three years ago and things like that. So, you know, I think sometimes for people, it might be 45 minutes away, but I would believe that any local bookstore always tries to have a very strong local section. And I, that's a great tip. And it should have been on mine because two days ago, we had a warehouse fire downtown St. Louis and... Uh, lots of different people having stuff in there, but one of our local publishers, Reedy Press, had all of their books there. And so we've now got a lot of local authors who publish with them whose books are gone. And, you know, in the holiday season, they're, I mean, this is just done and it's a family owned company. And they've, they're amazing to work with. So if you, uh, you know, so not only supporting bookstores that might be carrying some Reedy Press titles, but in the new year, it's going to be really important to help, you know, just we're, we're going to be definitely pushing a lot of our St. Louis books just because, um, A, they're phenomenal, some great writers around here, but also it's just, it's a tragedy like, like no other. Uh, yeah, no kidding. If you're lucky enough to have a local independent bookstore you can visit, they will have items that you cannot find outside your community. And that could look like books by local authors or histories of your community or even things like Holland. When I was in your store, I got some chocolate made by a local company because it was like cinnamon and chili pepper. And I am an absolute junkie for spicy chocolate. So I just picked up those little goods at the counter and they feel really special because they're probably something that your giftee has not seen before. And there's, um, if you give like a history of a local neighborhood or something about your city or something by a local author or especially a local poet, when Dave Harity, my poet friend was on the podcast back in April, he talked about how the only place you are going to find your local poets is in your local independent bookstore. Give me something that the people in your life could really enjoy. They'll get that thrill of discovery. If you can give them something they don't know, they have a personal connection, you get to support a local business, but also give them something really amazing and unique. I think that is a phenomenal idea. And I would agree. We have a great St. Louis section. Yeah. And so often in those sections, you can Find the things you didn't know you were looking for, but that you're happy to find. And I love finding things like that. And I love getting 
things like that around the holidays. Like Will gave me a decaf coffee subscription last year. It was not a book. It was not a book, but I didn't know such a thing existed. So I didn't even know to ask for that or want it, but I was so happy to get it. And that's the kind of thing you can find in the local section of your store. And apparently the Novel Neighbor, you can even find local coffee. (laughs) Now you can. (laughs) I love it. Well, Holland, thank you so much for talking books and bookstores with me today. Thank you, Anne. It's always such a treat. And may our paths possibly cross over these holidays. Oh, that would be amazing. All right. Um, Take care. And thanks again for having me. Hey, readers. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Holland today. Head to the podcast site to check out everything we talked about. That page is at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash 107. That's 107. And it's where you'll find the full list of titles we talked about today. You can also visit the Modern Mrs. Darcy gift guide directly at modernmrsdarcy.com slash gift dash guide dash 2017. Readers, one of the easiest ways you can support the authors and podcasters you love is to write a quick, easy, and free review. It's simple for you, but it makes a big difference to us. If you enjoy What Should I Read Next, I would appreciate it so much if you would review it on Apple Podcasts. Your review makes it so much easier for other book lovers to find our show. If you enjoyed my book of reading people, How Seeing the World Through the Lens of Personality Changes Everything, would you take a minute and leave a review on a site like Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or Goodreads? Your fellow readers rely on your reviews to decide what to read and listen to next. And that's why writing a quick review means so much to your favorite authors and podcasters, especially in this season. Thanks in advance for those ratings and reviews. I appreciate them so much. If you're on Twitter, let me know there at Ann Bogle. That is Anne with an E, B as in books, O-G-E-L. Tag us on Instagram to share what you are reading. You can find me there at Anne Bogle and at What Should I Read Next. Readers, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. And as Reiner Maria Rilke said, ah, how good it is to be among people who are reading. Happy reading, everyone.